Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, welcome to the podcast. You are listening to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. I am a board certified family practice doctor and a certified life and weight coach. And I like to refer to myself as the physician who specializes in living a naturally healthy life. I help type two diabetics reverse their diabetes, come off their medications and live naturally healthy without having the worries and concerns of being sick with type two diabetes. So that's what this podcast podcast is really dedicated to. If that's what you're struggling with, you're definitely in the right place. Today, I want to talk to you about low blood sugars. We're going to dive into that here in just a moment. But before we get started, if you have been listening to the podcast for quite some time and you found it helpful, please subscribe to the podcast. It will let you know whenever the next episode is up, which it gets dropped every Sunday, but it'll let you know when that's up. It'll let you know about any special podcast episodes that get dropped. So do that if you haven't already done that. I also want to give you a heads up about next week, next week's podcast. So next week I will be doing a podcast reviewing the uh, top points that I got from a book. It's called Lifespan. It's by a um, researcher named David Sinclair. He is a longevity researcher. Basically he researches on how to extend the human lifespan. The book was very interesting. There was a lot of stuff in it. There was some good stuff. There was some stuff that I question, but either way, I think that information is something that would be good to review uh, here on the podcast. So I'll be doing that next week. Check it out. Lastly, I want to remind everybody of the holiday health fix that is coming up. It will be starting November 23rd. The Monday before Thanksgiving will be the first day of that program. It is a six week program. So a program that's quite a bit shorter than my typical uh, programs, but really it's meant to help those people who understand that they get sicker over the holiday season and those folks that aren't wanting to get sicker. So those people that are really driven, really motivated to really maintain and even improve their health over this holiday season. That's what this program is for. It's a six weeks program. It goes through the fundamentals of nutritional and cognitive behavioral therapies that I use to help my clients learn how to live naturally healthy lives, how to reverse their type two diabetes, how to get off their medications. There will be an online curriculum, an online coursework uh, that will be provided through a portal. There will be a online community through a private Facebook group. And then there will be a weekly meeting to teach the curriculum and two weekly meetings to work on coaching. The reason that I kind of launched this is I was reading and there have been there are various studies uh, that show the effects of the Christmas and holiday season on our health and that it's pretty unfortunate that our health tends to get worse. We end up the holiday season less healthy than we started it. And we do not undo those negative impacts throughout the following year. 
So each holiday season, we actually tend to be progressively less healthy than the season before. And that really kind of just prompted me that, you know, obviously we as Americans and not just Americans, um, but people who live in Western cultures, we really need help with this. And for those people who are really wanting to stop that trend, stop that cycle, that's what the holiday health fix is for. So if you're interested, you can go to www.delainemd.com forward slash HHF 2020 to find out more information and how to get registered for that. If you have any questions about this podcast or other podcasts, you can direct them to Delane at DelaneMD.com and I will answer your email. If you have any topics you want covered in the podcast, send it to the same place. I'm happy to uh, look into anything and uh, do a podcast on it. Also stay tuned to my social media. So it's DelaneMD on Instagram or on Facebook where you'll find more information about the holiday health fix. Uh, Check out my Facebook lives that I do each week. And of course you can interact with me there. Any questions that you have, you can post them there. So let's talk about low blood sugars because this is pretty touchy subject, okay? This is a touchy topic for most people. I wanna be very clear here. I am not giving medical advice here. I'm not giving any medical advice. I want you to do what you have been told by your medical provider to do if your blood sugars get low. Okay. I'm not here to argue about whether your blood sugars are low or not. I'm here to talk about your beliefs and thoughts about low blood sugars. And this seems really basic. Like if my blood sugar drops below 70, it's low. That's not a belief. That's what I've been told, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Many diabetics that I work with have been warned about low blood sugars. And when you first get diagnosed with type two diabetes, you get tons of information about this, right? Tons of information of how to manage your blood sugars, tons of information about what it should be, tons of information about what food makes blood sugars do X, Y, or Z. You get tons of information about how to manage high blood sugars. You get tons of information, including stuff about how to manage low blood sugars. So it's really easy to get confused about this, right? Doctors go to school for a decade so that we can get this straight. It makes sense that you're getting this diagnosis and maybe you go to an hour of education. Maybe you even go to a day long diabetes education class, right? It's still pretty easy to get confused about these things. So I don't want to talk about whether you're having low blood sugars. I want to talk to you about what you believe about your low blood sugars. And then how to use facts, knowledge, science, what I call the math to kind of determine what you need to do. So a lot of times people will come to me and they'll say, well, I ate because I was afraid I was going to have a low blood sugar. And I'll ask them what they ate. And typically it's like, I had jelly or I had candy or I had honey, something very, very high sugar content. And of course I'm like, well, what happened to your blood sugar? And they're like, I shot up to 300. Yeah, I know. Okay. Good to know. That's what happens when you do that. I know that they have been told to do this. That's not what I'm questioning. I ask them what their blood sugars were before they took the honey, the candy, the sugar load. And they're like, I don't know. I didn't check it. I'm like, okay, that's part that we need to talk about. So part of it is that they feel like maybe they might have a low blood sugar. You can hear my dogs barking. By the way, there's also construction going on downstairs. So you can hear that too. Versus checking it and getting the math about whether they're actually having a low blood sugar, they are just making the assumption that that's the case. Sometimes we use that rationale, that belief, that fear, that concern to just justify why we want to eat peanut butter or jelly or Jolly Ranchers or chocolate or whatever, right? A lot of times that's what's going on. When I ask these people, these folks, these clients of mine, 
to um, tell me what your blood sugars have been recently. And notoriously, they're like, oh, 180, 220, 320, 287, 190, 230. I was like, when was the last time you actually had a low blood sugar? And they're like, I've never had a low blood sugar. So it's interesting that we in this fear, and it's a reasonable fear, right? Like you don't want to have low blood sugars. They can be dangerous. That's true, but they've never even seen a real low blood sugar, but they're going to go ahead and treat it. And they're going to treat it with Jolly Ranchers or Twixes. So that's the discussion I want to have today. We're going to talk a little bit about the science behind low blood sugars, but I want to have a discussion about us using our fear of having a possible low blood sugar as a reason to eat the foods that really were not meant to eat. So a couple of things about low blood sugars, about the science about low blood sugars. One, if you are used to running, so if your hemoglobin A1C is 10, like that's what you've been told, that means your blood sugars are typically way above normal, 300 range, way above normal, 400 range possibly, depending on where you're at. If that's the case, if you were to cut that in half, so say you're running 400 and you're going to cut that in half, your blood sugar will drop to 200. 200 is still too high. It is not a low blood sugar, but now it is a relatively low blood sugar for you. And you may feel symptomatic with that. You may feel badly with that. So you need to recognize like, what is your baseline blood sugar? If it's quite high and you drop it, suddenly you might feel like your blood sugar is low. Same thing with a blood sugar of average of 280, right? That's not in the 300 range. It's not in the 400 range. I mean, it's still too high, but if you cut that in half and you drop to 140, you may feel some mild symptoms of low blood sugar, even though your blood sugar is 140, it's totally normal. Okay. So being aware of what you're used to having, and this is really important when you get a diagnosis or when you start implementing changes, like you start doing intermittent fasting or nutritional ketosis to try to normalize your diabetes, like your blood sugars are going to go from 300s down to 120 rapidly, you may feel some relative symptoms of hypoglycemia, relative hypoglycemia, relative low blood sugars. So recognize that that happens. Also recognize that when you are insulin resistant, so you're not having an appropriate response to insulin in your system, you keep spitting out more insulin, trying to get your cells to respond. At some point you hit a threshold and your cells do respond. And then when your cells respond, you have all this insulin floating in your system. And that also can drive your blood sugars quite low. Okay. You will feel symptomatic with that. I have personally had that experience when I was pre-diabetic, when I was insulin resistant, I had to do a three hour glucose tolerance test. So that meant that they took my blood sugar by a, like a, a stick, like a lab draw. They sent this off to the lab. It wasn't just a finger stick. They took a vial of blood and they marked it as a fasting blood. They took a vial of blood in an hour, another one at two hours, another one at three hours. They marked those with the times and they sent them to the labs and they got my readings. My fasting blood sugar, this is how it works. They take a fasting blood sugar draw. That was normal. They gave me a bolus of sugar, the syrupy drink that was horrifying. Like you can make sugar taste so good. Why are we making it taste like that? But that's what they did. They gave me this bolus of sugar, like a 50 gram load of sugar. I can't remember how many grams specifically was, but it was a defined amount of sugar that they gave me. 
I drank that in an hour afterwards, they took my blood sugar. That blood sugar was high. Two hours later, they took my blood sugar. That blood sugar was also high. Three hours later, they took my blood sugar and it had dropped to 47. In an hour, it had dropped from being outside of the normal range high to outside the normal range low at 47. I was certainly symptomatic at that point. And why that was is because, again, I was insulin resistant. I had all this insulin floating in my system. Once my pancreas was able to spit out enough insulin to meet my body's needs and get my cells to wake up and respond to the insulin, there was all of this insulin in my system for it to respond to. So frequently I would have lows. I had that happen commonly when I was insulin resistant. So recognizing that that can also cause you to have these low blood sugars and that you can be symptomatic with that. So the only way you know that though, is to check your blood sugars. I would do this. Um, I can remember working the night shift and I would, um, feed my hunger. Cause that's what we do. Right. Cause that's what fatigue need, or I would feed my fatigue. That's what fatigue needs. Right. You feed it. That makes no sense. But I realized looking back how badly of a habit I was to do that. Right. So I would have a Snickers at night when I was working an overnight shift. And I can remember one time, like I ate the Snickers and within a couple, like not even an hour, I was sweaty and jittery and shaky. And I knew what that was like, that feels like low blood sugar. Sure enough, I checked my blood sugar less than an hour, like right at an hour after eating a Snickers bar, my blood sugar was in the sixties. That is a sign. People are like, oh, I'm hypoglycemic. I'm so far away from being diabetic. You are not far away from being diabetic. Hypoglycemia, it's typically reactive hypoglycemia and is actually evidence that you probably have some insulin resistance on board. I actually, as a medical provider, when I see people coming into me and they're telling me they have evidence that they have quote unquote hypoglycemia, I'm very suspicious that they are actually insulin resistant and pre-diabetic. That's actually what that's typically evidence of. So those are two reasons that you can have low blood sugars when you aren't even on medications, right? Like these relative low blood sugars, like you're used to being at 400 and you drop it to 200. You're obviously not really low, 200 still high, but it's going to feel low to you because you're used to being at 400. And then this insulin resistance, when you get this huge amount of insulin on board, trying to override your cells and get them to respond to the insulin, um, you can get a big response and, and of course it will drop, it'll drive your blood sugars quite low. So those are two things that can cause you to have symptoms of low blood sugars. What are the symptoms? Let's talk about that briefly. What happens when you get low blood sugars? So when you get low blood sugars, that causes your body to spit out some epinephrine or adrenaline. Those terms are interchangeable, but it's a surge of a hormone. That hormone causes your blood sugar to increase. Okay. And the reason that this is, is because 10,000 years ago, you would have a fight or flight response. Either a saber tooth was chasing you and you were running. That was your flight response. Or you ran into a place where you couldn't get away, like a, a cave and the saber tooth was in the cave and you were cornered and you had to fight, right? You needed epinephrine. You needed glucose to your cells to manage that situation, right? To have the energy to fight or flight. Okay. So that's where the epinephrine comes into play. When your blood sugars drop too low, you need more. So you release this epinephrine into your system. Fine. This epinephrine is what causes the shaky feeling. 
the nervous, anxious feelings, the sweaty, chill, clammy experience that people will get, the irritability and the impatience that people will get, confusion. It causes a rapid heartbeat. It can cause like headedness. It can cause paleness. It can cause tingling in your lips or tongue. It can cause you to be clumsy. It can cause you to have nightmares and cry out in your sleep. It can cause low blood sugars. Now this is not the epinephrine, but low blood sugars in its like most severe state can certainly cause seizures and death. Okay. So that's real. Low blood sugars are concerning and they are real. real. They also cause you to feel hungry. Again, that's the effect of the epinephrine adrenaline. They can cause you to feel sleepy or fatigued. It can cause you to have headaches. It can cause you to have blurry vision or vision changes, and it can cause you to have nausea. Okay. So I want to point out a couple things about that last bit of that list. Hunger, fatigue, sleepiness, headache, blurry vision, vision changes, and nausea can also be signs of high blood sugars. So being very careful on how you interpret these symptoms you experience, because if you're calling them low, but if you're having like fatigue and nausea and you're like, I think my blood sugars are low, I think this is something that a Twix bar is going to help. That may not be what's going on. You could be having high blood sugars and getting those symptoms from the high blood sugars. So it really becomes important to actually use your glucometer and check your blood sugars. If you don't have a glucometer, most pharmacies in America are set up to where they can provide you the glucometer and the supplies for for $20 or less, okay? So you can get a setup pretty inexpensively. Go out and get one so that you're treating what actually needs to be treated. The other, so the reason that we as healthcare providers, and again, everything I say from here on out, I want you to refer to your healthcare provider. I'm not giving medical information. I'm trying to give you information about what's going on in your body so you can make some um, educated decisions. But you really need to have a discussion with your doctor. If your doctor has told you to do something and it doesn't make sense to you, you need to call and and question that. If it totally makes sense, then you need to do what your doctor is telling you to do, okay? But recognize that different medications can cause some low blood sugars, right? Obviously, if you are on injectable insulin, that can cause you to have low blood sugars. The mechanisms within your body that help you not to um, have low blood sugars, like the corrective mechanisms in your body are going to be overridden by that medication, by those insulin injections. So being aware of that, like if you're on insulin, the risk of having a low blood sugar is very real. If you're on a med called sulfonylurea, sulfonylurea, those are things like glipizide and glomeparide. If you're on one of those meds, you again are going to be at risk of having, that's a pretty common side effect of those medications. So you're going to want to be aware that if you're taking those medications, that that could be a side effect of that medication. So if you're on one of those medications and you have those symptoms we just discussed, Like, oh, I really do need to go check my blood sugars because this is real. So other meds, uh, things like Bietta. So the DLP-1 agonists are really what they are. Bietta, Ozempic, Trulicity, Victoza. Those are the brand names of some common DLP-1 agonists. Those things, that's common side effect of those medications. Those again, these low blood sugars. Another one, SGLT2 inhibitors, those are going to be uh, your 
Farxiga, I think is how you say it, the Invokana, the Jardians, those of those medications. I did not prescribe these medications when I was a practicing physician. A lot of times my patients couldn't afford them. I worked at a federally qualified health clinic, so I didn't prescribe a lot of these. But definitely these, those, those SGL2 inhibitors are also risky meds for having low blood sugars. So recognizing that for what it is, if you're on one of those meds, knowing the class of the medications that you're on and how they're treating your blood sugars, recognizing, you know, what they do. So you know, whether you're at risk for that. If I mispronounce, I just want to make sure those are SGL2 inhibitors. That's uh, the inhibitor that I'm talking about. The meds that are uh, the Invokana, the Jardians, the Farxiga, that's what we're talking about, SGL2 inhibitors. So if those are the meds that you're on, okay, great. But recognize that if you're having those symptoms that we talked about, you may be experiencing some low blood sugars. You're probably at a higher risk of that. Check your blood sugar, see what you're doing. And then treat what's real, right? If you don't have medications on board, you may be having the effect of having too much insulin on board, but your insulin level is never going to drive you to a point where your blood sugars are so low that it's going to kill you, right? Like it gets dangerous when you have medications on board. It's not dangerous if you're not on any medications. So recognize the difference of those two things. And then what you should do if you think you have a low blood sugar is you should check and see. If your blood sugar is really 130, even if you're having those symptoms, it's not because your blood sugars are dangerously low. You do not need to pop a Jolly Rancher into your system to help fix that at that point. You just need to maybe drink some water, check it again in 30 minutes, make sure it's not going lower, right? You're just having symptoms like an adjustment phase from having your blood sugars too high. You're having relative hypoglycemia at that point. Again, this is not medical advice. This is information gathering for you. You need to gather appropriate information and then do what your physician has told you, what your provider, your medical provider has told you to do for your low blood sugars. But definitely get the information because a lot of times people are out there telling themselves they need to have more peanut butter or I better go ahead and have that honey or I better have a Jolly Rancher or a glass of juice or some other super sugary food because I'm afraid I might have a low blood sugar or I need to eat another meal. I need to keep eating because I'm afraid I might have a low blood sugar. And that is not serving you. That is actually going to drive your blood sugars up, create more insulin resistance and make you sicker. That is not the way to manage it. If you're truly concerned about a low blood sugar, check it in the moment. See if you have low blood sugar. If you do treat it the way your doctor has told you to treat it. If you don't, don't treat it when it's not the problem, right? It could, again, you know, some of those symptoms of low blood sugar are symptoms of high blood sugar as well. And that could be what you're doing and you're throwing fuel on a fire at that point. You're making it worse. See how that works for you. If you are eating one, if you're eating for the reason of telling, you know, you have the story that you may have a low blood sugar and that's why you're eating, be aware of that and, and start using science and evidence to address that. If you are eating because you're fearful, you might have a low blood sugar. Again, start really looking at the science that you have available to you. And lastly, again, this is not medical advice. Please check with your physician if you're not sure how to manage or if your medications put you at risk of a low blood sugar. Make sure you have all the information you need to take good care of yourself. And then if, you know, certainly this is what I do in my programs. This is what I do with my clients. This is the 
reassurance, the benefit, the peace of mind that you have by working with a physician to start normalizing your diet so you can come off your medications. This is the benefit I offer in my Delane MD programs. If that's something you're interested in, please email me at Delane at DelaneMD.com, set up a consult. Let's see if this is something that would fit for you and if this is something you wanna start so that you can start living that naturally healthy life. You don't have to live always in fear that your diabetes is gonna get worse and cut your life short. There is a way to live healthy. Diabetes is not, it does not have to be a chronic progressive disease. It does not have to progressively get worse. You can fix it. If that's something you're interested in, let me know and I will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.